Psalm chapter 46, uh, starting in verse 8. This is what the living word of God says. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. As we dive into the scriptures together this morning, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you uh, for your word. We thank you that as we read your word, it reads us. Uh, We thank you that you desire right here and right now to speak to us. Uh, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. I ask that right here and right now that as a community together, as we come to your word, that you would give us divine revelation of it, of who you are and who we are to you. We ask that over these next few minutes we would be still uh, and come to know that you are God and that you absolutely love us. We give you all the glory and we thank you for this time together. In your mighty name, Jesus, all the beloved said, amen. Uh, Be still and know that I am God is one of the most famous and well-known passages uh, in the entire narrative of Scripture. But I would suggest uh, it is one of the least practiced. That all of us, whether inside the body of Christ, the gathered church, or out in the streets of society, uh, we never shut off anymore. Uh, We never power down and get alone and be still and really truly come into a place of solitude. That the busyness of life is at an all-time high. That if you pulse the people that you and I brush shoulders with, there's an overarching similar undertone that life is good but busy. That this past season, it was awesome. And the slowdown of family and friends was wonderful, but now pages into the new year were burning out on reentry. That all of that work and those looming emails or meetings or that never-ending car ride to the next scheduled stop or the sports practice that you have to drop someone off at or or the play date or the parent drop-off and then cram in the church event or the school program and the overload of old friends and new friends and it tosses us into a frenzy of trying to cram it all in in hopes for the good life. And then don't forget to mention the incredible, insane digital age that you and I live in. We binge Netflix all night long and the constant buzz in our pocket that never for an even a moment allows us to come to the surface. That there's this chaos that's looming. And if you peel back the spiritual atmosphere in this room, right here and right now, there's a war for our lives going on. But we're so busy that we don't even notice. That the chaos is so thick that maybe we don't even care. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Yeah, Jesus, we know, but when we have a spare moment, maybe we can come and do that. And friends, make no mistake, what we're describing, how most of us are living, is a horrible way of life. The scriptures say, come behold the works of the Lord. Meaning, come look at the Lord our God. Because when you do, All that anxiety, all that hurry, all that busy, all the running around but never still quite measuring up, all of it is met, restored, and done away with when you and I be still. Behold the works of the Lord and remember just who this Lord God is and how much he absolutely loves us. My friend Eugene Peterson puts it this way. See the marvels of God. Step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at him, your God above everything. Take a long, loving look. 
when is the last time we really truly did that? That in the mad scramble of life, when was the last encounter of absolute intimacy we had with perfect love? Solitude and real rest with this Jesus who is life. Rest not three beers deep watching your favorite show. Rest not a night out with friends. Not rest scrolling mindlessly on your phone until it's numb. Rest not watching the news until it becomes the narrative of your mind. Rest not a vacation into a sunny place or a cozy cabin in the snow. No. Deep, real rest. Solitude with the one who created you. Absolutely alone. So there is no way for you to prove you are loved or worthy or enough. Solitude. With the voice of your creator, being still, knowing that this God, the one true God, is above it all. And he calls you beloved. You see, in the chaos of life, we need solitude with the one in whom our soul finds rest. Solitude is a practice that in this time of history, it's not very sexy anymore. That has lost its luster. We think of it so much of the time as something that's meaningless. Or something that only someone would practice if their life really isn't actually that significant. But the way of Jesus, it would suggest otherwise. There's an incredible passage in the Bible in Mark chapter 1 that shows us it's not only a life of practicing solitude that leads us into significance. It is the only way for us to actually recognize our true significance. We'll pick it up in Mark chapter 1 starting in verse 25. The scripture records, and immediately Jesus left the synagogue and entered the house of Peter and Andrew with James and John. Now Peter's mother-in-law was ill, and she lay with a fever, and immediately they told Jesus about her. And Jesus came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And Jesus healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Peter and those who were with him searched for Jesus. And they found him and said to him, everyone's looking for you. And Jesus said to them, let us go to the next town that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. What a moment. Jesus is on the scene and it's awesome. The Bible records he enters Peter's house and notices that Peter's mother-in-law lay there noticeably sick. And because Jesus delights to do so, he heals her. And then it gets even better. The Bible records that that evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons, and he started healing them. That the whole city was gathered together at the door. The whole city. That is wild. And Jesus healing all who were coming to him. Could you imagine that? The whole city gathered together because perfect love and new life is oozing out of Jesus and offering it to anyone and everyone who would choose to receive it. People pouring in from all over, walking away completely different, transformed because of this love of Jesus. And all of that is going on into the late evening, and it's beautiful, and lives are being changed forever. What it would have been like to see and experience those moments. And then there's 35, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus departed, went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Or another way of describing verse 35, solitude. Jesus, in the midst of absolute chaos, extraordinary busyness, what the world would say is beautiful significance, shows us 
demonstrates for us, leads us into the massive gift that practicing solitude really is. The world says that we need more love. We need expressions of love in the streets, the home, the schools. That hate, violence, and brokenness, it runs wild. And the answer is love, right? Yeah. But it cannot be self-love. It cannot be a love that we muster up for ourselves. And the only way real, true love breaks into our lives and flows out of our lives is if we first deeply, truly know just how much we are absolutely loved by the Lord God who created us. In solitude, in other words, that battle is won and that truth is declared. Because we as humanity, we crave significance. We crave significance. We crave a life of purpose and worth. And we crave a life where we don't have to scramble for love anymore. That's what all the busyness is, you know. All of that constant checking the phone or numbing or overworking or always striving and just go, 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 go and never being still. It's all a mad scramble for the ache in our gut to be cured by the love that we're searching for. And solitude with the Lord God who declares your beloved is that place to receive the truth. But it is most of the time the last place we as humanity will go to look for it. Because solitude is scary. It takes the safety that we stand on away. Whatever we use to make ourselves seem significant or worthy or valuable, in solitude there's none of that. Jesus in this moment just produced miracles. Healed countless people, set people free from demons and death. And we go, wow, what a life of significance. He must know that he is so loved. It's so measured. It's so seen. It's so open for public debates of worth and value. But smack in the middle of it all, Jesus chooses solitude with the Heavenly Father. Why? It's only in deep intimacy with the God of perfect love and perfect grace that we will ever discover our deepest significance. We are His. That all else is rubbish compared to knowing Christ Jesus as Lord and the belovedness we have in Him. Be still and know that I am God. Why? So you know the depths of my love for you. So you'll know the most true thing about you. That's why in almost every account of the whole narrative of Scripture, when Jesus does something absolutely wild, that we would commonly go, wow! Jesus goes away to be with the Heavenly Father. Jesus goes away to return again to the truth of God's love and never for a moment trade it out for the love of the world. Jesus feeds the 5,000 as recorded in Matthew 14. and the next verse it says, And after this he dismissed the crowd and went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Or after John the Baptist, who Jesus deeply loved, passes away, it's recorded that when Jesus heard this news, he goes away to a desolate place and there he prayed. Or in Luke 5, Jesus cleanses a leopard and it's miraculous. And then right after that, he heals a man who's never walked a day in his life. And it's amazing. But sandwiched in between those two stories is verse 16. But Jesus would withdraw to a desolate place and pray. Or in Mark 6, it's recorded, Jesus says to his closest followers, come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest a while. Or don't forget that in this moment of Mark chapter 1, the whole city is gathered together. The whole city. And where's Jesus? Very early in the morning, while it's still dark, in solitude with the Heavenly Father, restoring the truth of his belovedness. You see, to have the most rich, deep, and significant community that you and I all so desperately desire, we first 
was have the most rich, deep, and significance of solitude. That you and I are created to bring our solitude experiences into community. That we're created to bring the revelation and the love that we now got deposited into us into a shared experience. But we first must have that intimacy with the Lord God ourselves if we want the community to look anything like it. That Jesus, all throughout the narrative of Scripture, shows us that a life of ministry that is flourishing comes from solitude with the Heavenly Father. That is only how a gospel-centered community really truly breaks out. That the life of Jesus is His perfect dance of the deep end of solitude and the deep end of community. But we cannot have one without the other. My friend Henry Nowen says, solitude is the furnace in which transformation takes place. And I love that. For without solitude and being in deep intimacy with Jesus, we get continually entangled in the culture of what it says is so important. The illusions of our worth or our value being swept up in something of this world. But solitude is a place where the old self dies and the new self is born. In the furnace of solitude, we're refined so passionately by the Lord God that we cannot leave the same. We're forged differently because of his love. That we become so transformed by the love that is spoken into our hearts in that place of absolute empty, that there is nothing else in this world that could possibly fill us now. That we're renewed and restored into the Lord God whose image we bear. It becomes the inner working of our heart. So then all of our ordinary moments, what flows out of us isn't a mad scramble for approval, ego, or affirmation, but instead inner peace, joy, rest, deep, overwhelming love that now we can offer to the community and to the world because we have first received it. Solitude is the path of deep significance. Because it's only there that your heart is reminded that it's not what you do, not what you have, but whose you are that calls you significant. Are you with me? we got to believe this as a community if we want the city to reflect it. For the church to be a movement of the Spirit marked by love, we first have to know just how loved we are. And if we gloss over this, the perfect love from which all else flows, then we can offer nothing to this city. We can offer nothing to this community. We can offer nothing to our spouse or to our kids, to our families, to our friends, to our neighbors, to the whosoever. If we have not spent time with love, we will never be able to give love. We will never reflect love. We will never have the capacity to deposit love into others because we will always be scrambling about living for it. That's why the practice of solitude is not just a good idea. It is the well from which we must drink in order to have deep intimacy in this life. But if you're anything like me, solitude sounds horrible. You mean to tell me that I have to go into the quiet with no friends? With no phone? No one to talk to? Oh my gosh, you you, you want me to go into the quiet with no music to entertain, no books to read, just me, naked, vulnerable, weak, sinful, deprived, broken, and nothing? That sounds like the worst place on planet Earth. I don't want to go there. And even when I try my best to enter into solitude and be still before the Lord my God, it's as if the noises of the world join in even louder. The thoughts of my head get even darker. The lies become even more. The enemy's trying to steal, kill, and destroy, and I'm just left there where it feels like an army pounding on my mind that just won't leave me alone. Solitude? That sounds like the worst place we could ever go into, especially in the chaos of life. 
Maybe you can relate to that. That in the chaos, solitude with Jesus doesn't seem to be our first pick. And maybe it's because we're so nervous that if we actually shut off all the noise, that if we actually step into a place with the Lord God who created us, that we might hear whispered back that we're absolutely loved. And that means our whole lives have to change. That there is nothing else that could ever possibly change me now because the one true God calls me beloved. But I don't know. Intimacy with Jesus? After all this chaos, I'll just keep charging ahead. Just go, go, go. I crave a life of significance. A few weeks back, we got the incredible gift to have our first ever Christmas Eve gathering. And it was wild. Uh, the Holy Spirit was moving. People were coming. It was insane. Uh, it was like the most beautiful thing ever. This room was so full. It was absolutely insane. But a lot of you don't know, uh, moments before that, it was absolute chaos. Uh, I showed up at the building around 11 o'clock, uh, and the fire alarms were going off like mad. And the like fire doors on all three levels were closed. The elevator alarms were going off. Our like water sprinkler alarms were going off. I walk in in absolute peace, praying like, man, God's going to do something today. And it's just like, and I'm like, oh, we're going to die. And I'm like running around everywhere, like drop my bag, drop the donuts. I'm just like booking it everywhere. And I'm like, what is going on? Is there a fire? Is there sprinklers coming out? I'm like freaking out. And then all of a sudden, whoop, 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 fire department shows up. They block the road. They come in here and they're like, where's the fire? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't find it. I don't think there is one. I think the building's clear. And they're like, Shh, building is clear. We're good to go. And I'm like, can you guys like move your truck? I'm getting alerts from like everybody like, hey, is Heart Church on fire? And I'm like, no, but I am. Like, this is not good. Like, this is not fun. Uh, one of the people on our leadership team, his name's Jeff. He shows up. He's like, what do you want me to do? And I'm like, just fix this. That's what I need you to do. And we spend like no lie from like noon all the way up until like 2.30 trying to figure this out. And the alarms is not going off. It is just like, oh, oh, oh. And Jeff and I are like, please, Jesus, do something. We start praying. Sarah gets here all holy and joy. Like, it's going to be the greatest kid's experience ever. And it's like, oh. And it's like, no, this is bad. We can't figure anything out. I'm calling everyone. No one is calling me back. I've like sweated through my Christmas Eve outfit. It's like, I tried to look good. Not going to happen. Like, it was horrible. It was chaos and then all of a sudden our main man superheroes named Steve he comes here he just like changes everything and then in a quick moment all the alarms just off and I'm like there I'm like oh my goodness this is crazy but the deeper chaos was that these alarms are going off and I'm like oh my gosh we're not going to have a Christmas Eve gathering where am I going to measure my significance then what's going to happen if, if nobody can show up what are we going to do if we have to throw out an email that says, hey, no Christmas Eve gathering? What am I going to do when I go home and lay in bed with the thoughts that I'm not good enough because alarms were going off? Where am I going to get my significance then? Where am I going to get the accolades? Where am I going to have people be approved of what the Lord God did in us and through us? What's going to happen in all of the chaos? Some people on our leadership team said, hey, why don't you just go into your office and get on the ground and pray? I go in there and get on my face in absolute quiet. And the Lord God whispers, I don't need you. I want you. Get up. Christmas Eve didn't happen because of man-made effort. Christmas Eve happened because the Lord God, he absolutely loves you. 
He doesn't need you. He wants you. But in the chaos, in the you and I, oh, we got to go in solitude. That is where the place our belovedness is restored. That is the place that you are filled with the deepest truth of who you are. That the most significant thing about me is that I am absolutely loved by the Lord God. That the most significant thing about you is that you are absolutely loved by the Lord God. And in solitude, it is where we find what humanity has so vastly forgotten, that deepest truth. I stand at the door and knock, Jesus says. If anyone hears my voice, I will open the door and come in to them. What are you coming in with, Jesus? Life. Truth. Perfect love. Well, how am I going to know? How am I supposed to know that it's better? Be still. You'll know that I'm God. This love, it's like a lion. Just unlock the cage. I'm exalted above the heavens. I'm exalted above the I'm the holy of holies. Take a long, loving look at me, and all else will fade into the back in the glory of my grace. My delight is to love you. And it's in solitude that that will spark again and turn into a flame. This passage in Mark 1, it goes on, and Jesus rises early in the morning, and he goes out to a desolate place in solitude with the Heavenly Father. And verse 36 and 7 record this. Peter and those who were with him searched for Jesus, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. Everyone is looking for you. What's that getting at? Everyone is looking for you. The life of significance is out here. Come on, Jesus. Everyone is looking for you. Don't you know that the way to live a full life is out here busy with the rest of us? Everyone is looking for you. Don't you know that your worth and value come from the world? Everyone is looking for you. Come on. What do you want to be true about yourself in this life? What do you want to be true about this community, this church that we're going to be a part of? A move of the Spirit? Real, deep, compassionate love for people. Joy overflowing out of us. Flourishing friendship and and marriages. Freedom from sin and shame and addiction. That trauma and drama and all those wounds from daddy and mama to be healed. Is there longing in your heart? Is there fear that needs to be reconciled? Are there wounds that need to be healed? How do we get there? Solitude. Intimacy with Jesus. And then the depths of that solitude lived out together in community. The deep end of solitude and the deep end of community. That's practicing the way of Jesus because that's the actual application of this grace and love that we have been given. Inconveniently getting up early, peeling the crusties from those eyes and being reminded before anything else that we're the beloved. Putting away the phone or the work or the measuring stick of significance and instead steeping yourself in the spirit. Living into the scriptures. Going for a walk. Not with anyone else, without any other noise, in total expectation that the Lord God who loves you is going to speak to you. Prayer and solitude most of the time doesn't mean that we open our mouth. It's actually better when we just open our ears. Or how about not making all those plans or racing to the next thing and still believing and trusting that those friends, they're your friends. So they're with you and they love you and they're going to understand, just be real and share the struggle. Step into the furnace. Be transformed. Not for selfish ambition, no. But so that the community could come alive in the love of Jesus. So in our solitude, we could become people of love. People of compassion. People of joy and of grace. So that we could live into what Jesus says in Matthew 10. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. 
Spend time alone and often with the one true God. And then run back to the community and yell from the housetops what you have heard. I am loved. And so are you. And it could change everything about you. Make no mistake, solitude is how we become so loving that the world has to take notice. That our lives really change. The actual application of believing that in the nothing, we are still worth absolutely everything to the Lord God who made us and loves us. And watch that as in those deep, intimate moments, just like that of Jesus, everyone's looking for you. Everyone is looking for you. And when they always find you with the Heavenly Father. Come on, let's pray together this morning. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that what you desire from us is just us. We thank you that you do not need us, but that you want us. We thank you that you invite us into solitude with you. That you invite us to be still and know that you are God. Not so that we would hear shame or guilt, but so that we could hear the truth of how much you love us. The grace that you desire to give us. I ask that right here and right now that you would give us courage in this room. That no matter our story, we might come to you confess our sin, repent of the way that we have been living, and be still and know that you are God and that we are not. And that we would live into the new truth that you bestow upon us, that we are your beloved. That we would not forsake your love for the love of this world, but that we would further come alive in you have, who you have called us and created us to be. Holy Spirit, would you move and work in our hearts right here and now, that we would be so transformed that our lives would beg the question, what's so different about us? That everyone would be found looking for us because we would be abiding in with you. We love you and we give you all glory forever. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen.